Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. And it is Saturday, October 16th, and this is your daily financial news. I don't know about you, but I look forward to the Saturdays. Uh, it is a special day on this YouTube channel. It is the only day we don't talk to a multimillionaire uh, about three topics. Instead, I have chosen to make Saturdays about live Q&A. So if you don't know, at 8 a.m. Pacific or in about 29 minutes, we will be doing a live stream where I will take a shot at answering any and all of your questions. Uh, we've been doing this now about a year. There's a playlist on this channel, and I look forward to that. After the 8 o'clock, I switch over to the private Facebook group at 9 a.m. Uh, we have a half-hour discussion just with my students in the Facebook group called One Rental at a Time Works. And then today at 9.30, I have a mentoring session, which is fun. I had resisted doing mentoring for a long time uh, as I didn't want to kind of sell my future hours. However, after dipping my toe in a little bit, I do have a good time and I just enjoy those conversations. And then finally, I set up a 10 a.m. kind of surprise interview uh, because there's someone in my network. I just wanted to uh, share some info with you. So that is coming today. And then lastly, I don't know if you've uh, noticed, but uh, Happy had a haircut. Uh, Happy is uh, basically my co-host for the Daily Financial News. Uh, when she was born, she had uh, what they call a Adobe colors, like three different colors on the Shih Tzu. Now that she's had her first haircut, she's essentially blonde. She's blonde. All the dark stuff except for her ears and a little bit on her tail. So it's kind of funny. Olivia and I were chuckling yesterday. But anyways, this is uh, a day I look forward to. So let's talk about the daily financial news. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, we're going to give you a taste of what's coming next week as well. Something I didn't talk about yesterday that came out during the day was uh, consumer sentiment. Remember, what do we do on this channel? Cost of capital and consumers. Consumer sentiment came in near a decade low. Yes, the talk of the Delta virus, the talk of supply chains, inflation, all of these things are um, impacting consumers. Shocking, I know. Uh, but we need to watch this because when consumers flip, uh, they can go into con conservation mode. But as we saw yesterday with retail sales, they were spending, and, and we'll get into that a little bit more. So definitely something to watch for. Uh, something else that's very becoming very common across the media is inflation is just getting started. If you've been watching my channel for any length of time, you know that I have believed that for months now. In fact, it was the impetus for my 50 years of research and why I think we are in the 70s. I occasionally get a viewer that says, hey, Michael, you know, I get the 70s, but why not the 40s? First and foremost, we've had two decades where inflation was a problem. The 1940s, it averaged 
was it no six percent, and then the nineteen seventies it averaged eight percent. Uh, I could be wrong. It might be four and six versus six and eight. But anyways, the data is in the spreadsheet, which I give away for free in the free course. But the idea that I don't think we're the forties, and again, my opinion. I, I absolutely could be wrong, uh, and I reserve the right to change it. But right now, why not the 1940s? Two reasons. First, uh, we came off the gold standard in the 70s, and I think that disconnect, kind of similar to today, right? We do not have a gold standard today in the 40s. We did. The other thing about the 40s that really makes a difference to me is manufacturing. I believe in the 1940s, the U.S. made stuff. Now this could obviously change. We could re we could onshore. We could do all those things. Hey guys, stop playing. I'm trying to have a conversation with folks. I went ahead and grabbed my other puppy, Sonny, because they were playing too aggressive. Back to the 1940s. Again, the U.S. made stuff. We're kind of a service-based economy. We certainly could onshore bring stuff back and manufacture again. I don't see it, at least at the scale. I would love to be wrong. I, I think manufacturing more stuff at home would be net positive for the country, uh, although it would lead to some inflation, right? We, our average hourly wage is higher. Uh, but yeah, that's why not the 1940s. I've been asked that a couple of times, so I thought I would hit that here. Um, last week, we started earnings seasons. Q3 earnings seasons going to be important. Is it peak earnings? Do we see signs of inflation? What's going on with the consumer? All important things. Every quarter starts with the banks, right? The big six banks all reported last week. They all beat top and bottom. They all um, just had blowout numbers. Many of them added to these blowout numbers because they did what I told you they would do. Uh, they um, reserved their bad debt. All of them over-reserved. I told you they over-reserved five or six quarters ago. This is an accounting game that I played 30 years ago, uh, so I knew it was coming, and sure enough, uh, they were adding billions of dollars in profit by reserving, or reversing, excuse me, reversing bad debt, right, reserves for bad debt. A couple of things in the numbers that I thought was interesting, Citigroup, Citigroup, big credit card company, they said credit card purchases are up 20%. Now, we're going to see what that means. Is it just a sign that retail sales are going to be gangbuster, i.e. Friday's numbers, and they were? Or is it a sign that savings are getting lower and we are reverting back to credit cards? Don't know. Too early to tell. It is very, very interesting. Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo said debit card usage was back above 2019 levels. So to me, that is definitely retail sales, services, restaurants going up. So... Again, generally speaking, the consumer had a pretty good Q3. Uh, so we will see what happens heading into Q4. Uh, the week ahead, plenty of important earnings announcements. For me, it's not the company per se. It's what the company does and what it tells me about the consumer. It starts off Monday. Albertsons, grocery store, grocery chain, if you don't know. Pretty big. Might be one of the biggest grocery trains in the country. I'd have to look that up. We are going to find out what is going on in Albertsons. Last quarter, they talked about raising prices, not really having much pushback. We're going to see if that continues. Rising prices, 
are customers switching. That is a big thing in economics is something called switching costs, right? Steaks get expensive. People buy chicken, uh, for example. So uh, these are things that we need to figure out. Albertsons, grocery, right? Food or water, food, shelter. These are all important things. Albertsons can tell us a lot about inflation, about wages, and about the consumer. It's going to be a very important report on Monday. Tuesday, we get Procter & Gamble. Same deal. Do we have shrinkflation? What do they do with shipping costs? What is going on? Are they raising prices or are they eating margin? These are all very important things. United Airlines, right? United Airlines. What is going on with Q4 traffics? United Airlines, I think it was United. It might have been Delta. You guys might be able to tell me if you watch my channel every day. About six weeks ago, we talked about an airline's reducing their expectations. And then like two weeks later, they said, whoops, just kidding. And they raised back to it because again, kind of travel went down and travel rebounded. I think that was United. So we'll see what happened in the quarter. But for me, it ain't about Q3. It's about what is going on with future bookings. What is going on with headcount? What is going on with wages? I believe what happened at Southwest Airlines here last week is a sign that all airline industries, all airline operators are stressed. They are running, their labor is getting overworked uh, and we need to watch that because that could have some impact. So we'll see what is going on there. Netflix, Netflix comes out Wednesday. It's going to be interesting to see what's going on. Did, did uh, you know, did Netflix see a bunch of new subscribers? Uh, do we have, uh, is it more like Pizza Hut where there was like a pushback, right? We talked about Pizza Hut having 42 quarter or 42 months of increasing sales and then it fell off a cliff, right? Kind of the pizza fatigue we joked about, I think on Thursday, made about, might've been Wednesday, but what is going on with Netflix? Ulta Beauty. Ulta Beauty is important for me, uh, right? I don't know. I certainly don't shop there. Uh, but for Ultra Beauty, for me, is what is going on with return to work, specifically return to office? I think Ultra Beauty will lead the return to office as people go back to the workplace. Lamb Research, you gotta you got to figure out what's going on in the chip industry. How bad? Just how bad is it? I think Lamb Research can give us a little taste, and that will be on Wednesday. And then we got to talk about Tesla. Michael Burry. Gave up his short position. I wonder how much money he lost in Tesla. That's that's going to hurt. He, he indicated, uh, I think it was Bloomberg. Michael Burry said he closed out his position. Uh, but yeah, what's going on with Tesla? Is it another blowout quarter? What's going on in China? All of those things. Uh, so again, what is going on with Tesla? Thursday, Union Pacific. Union Pacific, again, one of those companies I rarely look at, but will be vital for this story we are in because they are part of shipping all of these containers from the ports to the rest of the country. If you don't know, a lot of the expense in container shipments is because they're having to use trucks versus rail, so we'll figure out what is going on with there. Um, Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle is going to be very interesting. It has had a blowout 18 months or so. Uh, what is going on there? Are they still rocking and rolling? I would guess. Or have they had their Pizza Hut moment as well, right? People have had their fill of burrito bowls and the like, and they are switching to something else. It will be interesting to follow. And then finally, Southwest Airlines on Thursday. Again, for me, it doesn't matter about Q3 at all. I want to know what's going on with future bookings and what is going on with this um, 
I don't know, semi-organized, uh, I don't know if I call it a strike, walk, sick out, I guess maybe call it a sick out. I don't know what it was, but what is going on with there? I expect them to talk about employee turnover and things of that nature. And then Friday. Friday's probably the big day again, right? All important earnings all tell us something, but Friday gives us American Express. A lot of, uh, well, Monday through Thursday is about the consumer. Friday is about small business. I look at American Express as the indicator for what is going on with small business. As we talked about yesterday, trying to explain the 5 million jobs that suddenly have vanished, a lot of it is because we have been ramping up small businesses, right? Not to mention 3.6 million new retirees. But a lot of it is because we have started small businesses. The entrepreneurship vibe is alive and well in the U.S. So what is going on with American Express? That will be my indicator for small businesses. Uh, Then a couple of things I want to pat myself on the back for because uh, I've been calling them for a while. And a lot of people have been saying I'm wrong. Some people said I was an idiot, but eh, it happens. A Fed rate hike in June is now a toss-up. I have been calling for a 2022 rate hike for over a year. It started in 25, then 24, then 23. And now a Fed, head, a Fed rate hike by June of 2022 is 50% likelihood. It's going to happen. June at the latest. It could happen by April. Uh, so we shall see. Again, I'm wrong all the time. We will see what's happening. Uh, Median national rent, 16.4%. Remember that I've shared with you many times that I think values run first, rent follows. So if we take that logic and weigh in on that conversation about Goldman Sachs saying values will race ahead another 16%, that will likely pull rent even higher. It is, uh, I've never seen anything like it which is probably because I was very young in the 1970s. We are repeating the 1970s. Interest rates will go up probably 30% this decade, just like the 70s. Housing will go up. Wages will go up. Rents will go up. It's, it's the cycle we find ourselves in. And then lastly, I like Kathy Wood. I think she's a wonderful investor. I think she is She is thinking very differently than a lot of kind of the traditional Wall Street investors. In fact, I think I've shared she's moving her office to St. Petersburg, Florida. But she did come out with an idea that I just cannot tie out. And I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Her opinion is the exodus from expensive markets a la New York to St. Petersburg is actually going to push inflation down. And if you don't know, Kathy Wood actually says inflation's not the problem, it's deflation. I don't know that I agree with Kathy Wood. So let me let me play out the logic I see and then let me know what you think in the comments below. So Kathy Wood basically says, hey, everybody moves from New York to St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg is 20 to 40% cheaper than New York, a la deflation, right? That's kind of the logic that I see. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I think what happens is, yes, you may see some, you know, if enough people leave New York, which I don't think will happen, but if it did, you may see some rent softness there. But actually, I think, Kathy, what's happening is you're taking 
uh, a large set of resources, moving them to a new market in mass, and the new market, a la St. Petersburg, is not ready. It didn't have the extra units. It didn't. It didn't have the new development. So, what actually this movement from uh, a very populous market like New York to a less ready St. Petersburg, you actually cause more inflation, right? You take a thousand people from New York. New York don't care. It's it's a fart in the wind. You move a thousand people to St. Petersburg in a two week window. That's a problem for St. Petersburg. Where are you going to house them? These are all probably high-paid resources that are all above the median. They're going to be fishing in waters, Kathy, in my opinion, that wasn't ready for them. So you're actually going to cause inflation in St. Petersburg, not deflation. So that's what I see. Again, Kathy Wood is clearly smarter than I am. Uh, I do look at real estate probably a lot more than she does. Uh, so I want to know what you think. Do you think Kathy Wood's right? You get 1,000 people from New York, you move 1,000 people to St. Petersburg, deflation happens? Or are you in my camp, 1,000 people leave New York, doesn't matter. 1,000 people go to St. Petersburg, you cause inflation. I'd love to know what you think. Just curious. So that's what I got for you this morning. Remember, we are going to do a live stream in 13 minutes. We will do this my computer. If you say hi to me, I will do my best to say hi back. I will answer any and all questions. There's very few topics off limit. Uh, and then don't forget, if you're one of my students, I will see you in the Facebook group at 9 a.m. Uh, I will do that for my computer as well. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.